I was lucky to land a gig early enough into my time in L.A. that I didn't have to do the whole waiting tables while hoping for my big break thing. But that doesn't mean I haven't done my time in food service. In college, I waited tables at a high-end retirement home, not because I love spending time with the elderly or because I felt like this would be more meaningful work than serving rich finance guys. I wish I was that good of a person. It was just that the other restaurants I applied to wanted me to be a hostess first, while at Ida Culver House Broadview, I could immediately be a waitress. I figured I could wait tables for a bit, then I could leave and get a better waitress position at a fancy restaurant soon after. I got $5.25 an hour, no tips. Not until Christmas, at least. The other workers there kept telling me to just wait until Christmas. For what? Some old dude to give me 15 bucks? It was tough work. Not only is it grueling to be on your feet all day, but it's also so incredibly boring to listen to people tell you what they want to eat. Figuring out how to focus on the words coming out of people's mouths while they told me their food order was seriously my biggest challenge. Of course, it didn't help that I would go to work stoned, and I'm not a good stoner. Despite repeated references to smoking weed in this book, the activity actually makes me paranoid and weird, and that's why I don't do it anymore. Once I was taking the order of a four-top, four little German ladies in their late 80s who sat together every dinner. They placed their orders, and I said, uh-huh, 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 as I wrote everything on my pad. I always used a pad. I don't understand those servers at fancy restaurants who don't use a pad. I memorize lines for a living, but I would never be able to keep orders straight. After the last lady put in her request, I walked back to the kitchen and looked down at my pad. It was all just scribbles. I hadn't written down any actual words. I went back to the table in a sweat trying to figure out what I was going to say. If these ladies had had dementia, I would have had some hope, but no luck. They were a sharp posse. So I said something about a cook dropping their order, but it was still embarrassing, especially since there were only four options on the menu. Later that same week, I spilled hot coffee on one of those little German ladies. Bottom line, I lasted four months and didn't even make it to Christmas. I was going to school and trying to get homework done, and my glamorous waitressing days did not feel like my destiny. Plus, between bus fare and getting my uniform cleaned, I ended up losing money overall. When I told my mother I couldn't do the retirement home job anymore, she was so disappointed in me. You are not a quitter, she said. I did not raise a quitter. All I could say was, maybe you did. But I needed a job. My parents generously paid for my college, but that was it. I didn't have an allowance. Poor me. I did manage to patch together a handful of acting jobs that would cover me for a month or so at a time. Training videos, radio commercials. I did a health insurance training video for nurses and doctors in which I played a young woman who was being told she has cancer. The director was so impassioned, so intent on me finding the arc of my story. It was, to this day, the most dramatic work I've ever done. But waiting tables, in some ways, still goes down as the hardest, certainly the most thankless, which is probably why I generally avoid going to restaurants. I'd much prefer ordering delivery or, my latest obsession, ordering through Postmates. That way, no one has to struggle to focus while I spell out what I want in my taco salad. <laughs> 